welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band, different artist, different group. We break down one of their records, get into the lyrics, the music, how it was made, our work, and everything else. Um, and we try to have a good time doing it. My name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. While you're listening, go to Spotify. Give us five stars, please. Five stars only. Uh, Apple Podcasts, you can give us five stars on there as well. Uh, all the social media is at Asinine Radio, so go check it, check us out, follow us, subscribe, do all that good stuff. And um, I don't know, my name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. So let's uh, let's get into it, Jeff. What are we doing today? We are doing uh, NWA and their first album, uh, Straight Outta Compton. Straight Outta Compton. There we go. You have to say it like that. Sorry, I didn't know we were, we were doing it in character. I'm not a character. That's how they say it. It's well, that was Ice Cube says it like that. So I, I just know we're doing it in character. I, I, like I said, it's not in character. That's just how he well, says that, it. That's well, that's how he when says you it. sing you when you easy, sing something. If you're gonna do Easy E, straight into Compton. I didn't hear you do that. <laughs> so we know you weren't doing Easy E. We know you're doing Ice Cube. That's just, I'm just saying. If you want to do it in character, we can do it in character. That's not a big deal. It's fine. I like doing characters. Uh, it's fun. Bits are fun. Like I said, it's not a character. Oh. Just how they say it, baby girl. That's how they character. say it. Well, well, all right. So yeah, NWA straight out of Compton. You know, this came out in 1988, the first record. So we were only one year old. Both of us were only one year old when this album came out. And um, so, <laughs> what what is your what's your origin story with this group? What I got? I hate. Did you open a beer? I did. I just opened up a buddy Budweiser. Baby I, I hate that when we're two. You say two years old, right? Because a year, two of them is years. Yeah, because when you say we were one year old, it just sounds weird. But you are only one year old. But it, just, it sounds it sounds weird. I'm just it's saying. Not, it, no, I'm it making doesn't. a comment. I'm just making a comment. That's, that was it. That comment is is silly. Okay, it's I not, guess uh, I guess uh, subjective uh, feelings are are wrong. I guess that's okay. Well, well um, continue. So anyway, <laughs> my what, what was your? I didn't know what your question was because it was. I said, done. "What is your? What's your uh, origin story with with NWA and this record?" Uh, Straight out of Compton. Yeah, I, I when I was one year old, when I was a I would say, I feel like you should be saying when 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 I was a one year old, when I was when I was a one year old. Yeah, you could say that too. I, I, I mean, either old. one works. One years. Why is there a weird. helicopter flying over the house? My Are house or your house? I don't. My house. At my house. No. Oh God! It's so loud. Okay. Yeah, my, my origin story is uh, really like like elementary school. I never really got into NWA. Um, I a lot of my friends' older siblings listened to to a lot of gangster rap. Um, I was in a very I come from a very like Hispanic area, I guess. There were a lot of like Mexicans where I grew up living, and and they all listened to like a lot of hip hop. I didn't really listen to a lot of like gangster rap probably until middle school, like sixth grade. I was in middle school in sixth grade. And that's mm-hmm. when I really got into like the gangster rap scene. NWA was <laughs> one of the the earlier ones that I got into, but it was probably probably middle school era. Um, yeah, I don't know how. I just it just older 
friends, 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 older yeah. siblings, friends, friends, older siblings, friends, older siblings. Yes. See, that sounds weird too. I don't like friends. Any of these. No, that's that's how you speak English, dude. Well, well, that's called speaking English, dude. <laughs> friends is older siblings is. Yeah. This is fun. Pod pod talking. Pod talking is hard. But Sorry. I do remember loving fuck the police. Um, as far back as I can remember, I just I just always loved just saying fuck the police because who doesn't like saying fuck the police as like a little kid? <laughs> who doesn't like saying the word fuck when you're a little kid? Honestly, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. It's There's just a that of, word. A lot of bad words we said as a kid. Well, as yeah, kids, that's true, dude. Man, I had such a bad mouth when I was growing up as a kid for no well, reason. Yeah, for, for no, no reason. reason. Yeah, just because it wasn't it was filmed. Nobody nobody filmed it. So yeah. I remember I, I, I started I started cussing like a lot in second grade. Second grade was that it was like had to have been seven years old. Was cussing like crazy. I would I would say that's, that's fair. Yeah, it's older kids, man. They they would teach you all the bad words, and then you know I don't know whatever. Stupid. Yeah, why not? Fuck it. <clears throat> so my my origin story with with NWA is I don't remember the first time I ever heard them. I remember I do remember seeing you know clips of the group on like mtv or vh1 back in the mid 90s late 90s um just like in documentaries and stuff like that but i never got into it i never liked hip-hop um until probably late late high school i didn't really get into hip-hop until then um so yeah i just it just it wasn't in my my scene my i don't know i just didn't know really anybody that liked hip-hop that much and uh yeah nwa was a was a I don't think I heard straight out of Compton this record until after high school. I really don't think I did. So, and it, it's it's a great record, man. And that's one reason why we're doing it this week, dude. Um, I that's my to, first impression. To, to further like my first impressions, I was definitely more like a solo project of these guys than I was as a whole. So, yeah. so yeah. I I love two thousand one. I love the Chronic. I love anything Dr. Dre did. I I never liked Snoop Dogg all that much. But I, I liked a lot of the songs that he was on, a lot of the songs that he worked with. And then I love Easy e Easy E's my fucking favorite. Like, hands down, <laughs> by far, he's my favorite member of the NWA family. No. And I've, I've, I fucking always just loved his stuff. Actually, well, memories coming well, in here. I remember at camp, the, the song go, camp. Easy Does It. <laughs> I fucking ate. We're like <laughs> fucking eight, seven years old, eight years old at camp, and the song starts off with like he was once a I think it's Michelle too singing that part. Um, uh, Suge Knight's toy or mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Dre's ex-wife, and then Easy comes in. Bitch, shut the fuck up. Get the fuck out of here. Right? Remember that part? And Easy does it. I, I he says it a lot, and I that actually that that was like my first note on this record is how many times he tells bitches to shut up. Shut the fuck up! So like, Dude, it's like all the song. The, fucking time. the song starts off with I, I'm pretty sure it's Michelle. She's singing some hook to another song. I think what it is, and then it, it comes in with I think it's easy. And he says, "Bitch, shut the fuck up! Get the fuck out of here!" And he goes, "Hey, yo, Dre!" And he's like, "You sub, give me a funky ass bass line." Oh, okay, do, I know do, that. Do, 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 do. And then what the fuck is up? Up in the place to be. be. But I remember at camp, we did a <laughs> so we had like skits at campfire, right? But then we had like our in cabin skits where it was just like just the boys hanging out fucking around and we had our own little skit that we would do with that and we would act out like oh who wants to be michelle who wants to be like easy <laughs> like, the counselors <laughs> would be fucking sitting there on the bed or like on the bunks watching us like act out this fucking scene and like, you the counselors were also like 15 16 years oh, old yeah. it's not like they were like <laughs> fucking adults man 
<laughs> immature like ass 15, fucking 16. kids. So I remember, yeah. I remember like, oh, I want to be Michelle. I want to be Michelle because I want, I want someone to tell me, bitch, shut the fuck up because it's so fucking funny. <laughs> and just, this is what we did as children, as eight year olds. So, yeah. <laughs> God damn. Oh, camp, man. You're camp right, dude. So I cannot so believe so how much we cussed so early on. Like, yeah. Aggressive cussing, dude. Aggressive swearing. And for no reason. Like, it wasn't even like we weren't being mean to people. We were just, we liked. I like to cuss. Well, I don't even think we knew what the content was. It was just no, cussing. No, swearing no. was so forbidden. Even now, I still feel weird swearing in front of my mom. Like I just, yeah, it's, it was just so forbidden that like any song that had swearing in it, I wanted to sing. <laughs> I know to this day, I still kind of apologize. I say, "Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to cuss so much or swear so much." It just feels. I weird. feel bad. Yeah, it does feel weird. It does feel weird. unnatural. Shouldn't happen. I know I'm fucking 36 years old and <laughs> can't cuss around <laughs> our parents properly. <laughs> Knowing that, like at any point, they can just listen to the podcast and be like, "Wow, you guys swear a lot." <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well. Oh damn. But uh, so, so like, kind of going back to like, I guess I. It's not that I wasn't totally into hip hop because I did like a couple of Dr. Dre songs, Eminem songs back, you know, in middle school and high school. Because I mean, forgot about Dre. I mean, come on, dude. Oh yeah. Come on. Big Pimpin' Jay Z, who didn't love that song when it came out. So 99 good. Problems. 99. Well, that was a little bit later, right? I think. If you having good problems, I feel bad for you, son. Got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one. Hit me. Hit me. <laughs> yeah. No, that, it was it was crazy for this one, Rick. What? Oh, dude, you, you still say that shit all the time. I love no, saying man. that. It's like you're, that's, I think that maybe your your favorite like hip hop thing of all time. Like, <laughs> I do say it so much. It's so dumb. <laughs> crazy for this one rick so it's so bad it's so dumb yeah maybe that's why i love it anyway that's your, that's your boy rick rubin getting his fucking hands Dude. and every everything possible but you have to admit that is that is jay-z's best song it's a good song dude it's his best song it has his best his best line i think his best line is in that song which and one so like the whole thing is kind of like a story but there's there's a yeah. line where we're talking about getting pulled over and the cop comes up and says, hey do you know when yeah. Do you know what I'm pulling you over for? He says, "Why? Because I'm young and I'm black and my hat's real low." Real low. I'm like, sir, I'm not a mind sir, reader. Sir, I'm not a mind reader. I don't know. Sir, I don't know. Yeah, like I'm that's good, reader, sir, dude. That's know, fucking yeah. solid. <laughs> and he good. does like the voice of the cop too. It's all nasally and high. Yeah. Do you know what I'm stopping you for? Because I'm young and I'm black and my hat's real low. I'm not a mind reader. I don't know. It's good. That's good stuff. We get back to it. Well, come on, we're getting yeah, off track. Anyway, yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. We're really it. getting off track. Anyway, so NWA, straight out of Compton, first record. Like I said, you know these guys in the group. It's uh, it's Dr. Dre, Easy E, Ice Cube, DJ DJ Yella, MC Ren, and Arabian Prince, who's only on one song. But he did. He did. You know, I was kind of like going through everybody's like biography and shit, but. Dude, Arabian Prince has really gotten kind of he got screwed over by the group cuz he helped he helped form the group. He left right before the album came out, I believe. And then he never rejoined the band on any of their reunions, was never inducted into the Hall of Fame, but he was an official member. He was on this record and he got screwed over hard. And he wasn't even in the movie, the Straight Outta Compton movie that <laughs> yeah. came out in 2015. Like they really like scrubbed him from NWA history. It's fucked up. Well, it's, it's fucked up. I don't know. I interspersed history here with the with the album review, but these guys just had no fucking idea what they were doing. And, and well, there's that too. Yeah, 
I think Eazy E was the only one who knew what he was doing from a business standpoint. Because he was a businessman. He was a fucking. He was. He, he was a drug dealer, a good yeah. one. Like he made a lot of money dr- dealing drugs, so he was a good businessman. Dude, I read that like by the time he was twenty-two years old, he had made over two hundred fifty thousand dollars drug dealing. Can you imagine that? <laughs> that's insane. In 1987 money, right? That's, you know. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's even crazier. And then there's even a song, I forgot what song it is right now. I have to look at my notes, but there's a song on here talking about how like, you know, the 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 drug dealers like rule the rule the hood, you know, they're oh, the yeah. ones talking about all that. And then the fourth verse is Easy E from the perspective of the drug dealer, and you're like, "Oh shit, no, this is like this was actually him. Like this is autobiographical right here." Like that shit's crazy. It's good. Damn. It's good. It's really it's good. good. It's good. It's one of the few moments on the record where I thought the lyrics were like, okay, this is solid. Like they, this is actually kind of thought out. And then because really the lyrics on this record are, uh, honestly, they were disappointing. But then these guys were ranged in age from 18 years old to like 24 years old, 23 right. years old. Like I think MC Ren was 18 when they recorded this or wrote this at least. So, I mean, these guys were fucking young, man. Yeah. I think Yellow was the oldest. So I think he was 23 or 24. Man, dude. They, and then watching the video, it was when I watched the videos, I realized, oh my God, these guys are so young. So yeah. I had to look up their ages and I just, I, I, I don't know. It, it was so bizarre to me. And don't so forget, bizarre. there's only fucking like four songwriters on this entire album. And that oh. includes the one song that Arabian Prince wrote. Otherwise, it's just MC Ren, Ice Cube, and D.O.C. Yeah, no, he wrote right. everything. Like Doctor Dre didn't do you, fucking write anything. No, he, well, he produced though. I mean, really, like the beauty behind this record is is uh, DJ Yella and Doctor Dre. Yeah, I mean they 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 stand out on this record. I mean they produced this record. Dre had a few. He had one song for himself, and then he which he didn't write. Had he no, he didn't write it. No, no, no he didn't. And then he had a couple of verses that he he rapped on. But I mean, he was. But that's fine. And also, didn't I mean, write. he's a he. That's fine. He's a better producer than he is a rapper, even on the it's chronic. Like, no, it is. It's it, it's cool because you can hear you can hear the beginning of like his G funk sound here. There's there's little like tidbits that yeah, oh that yeah, little high pitched synth sound. There's a couple tracks on here where it's like, oh fuck yeah, look at that's that's what he will do in the chronic and perfect that sound and essentially create a genre of music, and that's it's amazing. It's cool, but damn, is. is he as a songwriter the guy. He just he got he got a lot better because he was just non-existent here. Yeah, no, you're right. You're totally right. Um, and 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 I will say, and I think you would agree with me on this. The Chronic is much better than this record. Yes, I think the Chronic is hands down one of the. I mean, I think it is one of the greatest hip hop records of all time. I think the Chronic is the best gangster rap album of all time from well, like I'm an objective about, standpoint. I'm thinking. I'm just saying hip hop in general, like not just gangster rap, but hip hop in general. The it's, Chronic. Is 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 if not the best, maybe two or three. Without even thinking, I'd put it in my top ten for sure. I put it in my top I, three without even thinking. I, I well, hold on there, dude. I'd have to I'd have to really think about it to put it in my top five. I mean, thirty six chambers is is fantastic. It's amazing, but what? But I mean, from a production standpoint and and sonically, like it it doesn't hold a candle to to the chronic. I mean, the, the, the Chronic's good. The Chronic is, from from a production standpoint, it's it's the greatest sounding produced hip-hop album of all time. I think it's, yeah. it, it rivals and it, it it's better than a lot of stuff Kanye did. Oh, yeah. But Kanye is one of the greatest. I don't know. I don't know if I put it in top five. Really? What would you put above the Chronic? 
I, I like put 36 you, Chambers above the Chronic. Really? You yeah. really? I mean, I do love that record, but you would really put that above, huh? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Wow. I'd probably okay. put... You put, like, College put, Dropout above it, too? No. Not now. Yeah. I, 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 I used to, but I really have, I've really fallen in love with 808s. I'd probably put 808s above it. Damn. Like, that's that's ballsy, man. I, I'd put RTJ4 probably above it. Well, I mean, I, yeah, RTJ4 is the greatest hip-hop record ever made, but... <laughs> I like I, I'm put, being more like objective too. Like I put Paul's boutique above it. I put uh, that's yeah. a tough one. Yeah, so top ten for sure. I, I'd have to really think about it for top five. Yeah, yeah. Damn man, hip hop is so man. I, it's crazy how much more I appreciate hip hop now than I did like five years ago. Because it's, it's just it's it, it's way more nuanced than people give it credit for. Yes, it really is. Exactly, it really, really is. And it, it's changed like every decade. Hip hop is so vastly different than the decade that came before. But yeah. You can't, you can't like pinpoint it like on on a yearly basis. We're like, oh, this new Tyler the Creator album is so much different than his last album. But ten year gaps, you'd be like, holy shit! Like these do sound vastly different from each other. Even like Kanye's stuff, like Donda compared to like his early records, sound vastly different. But yeah. record to record to record, they kind of like progress a little bit. So. It's just fun. It's fun to see hip hop grow in a way that other genres of music, especially with us, because we don't we haven't grown up listening to a lot of other genres of music, except for like the emo and pop punk stuff. Mm-hmm. Bless it doesn't really yeah. progress that much, but I don't know. Hip hop's fun. It's exciting. It's fun. It's good. Yeah, it's cool. It's, good. it's, it's cool to read about it too, because I mean, like we've talked about, you know, you got you got your southern hip hop, you've got New York or East Coast, West Coast, and then you got like the stuff in Florida too. You know, it's just. Those are like, got, or the, and then even like Detroit, like you can go like farther north and go to Detroit. You know, you got hip hop over there. Then you have like the whole like Rhyme Sayers Collective and like the Minneapolis, Minnesota era, area. Yeah. And there's, you there's, know what? Do you know what area we've never talked about hip hop wise? Because I know neither of us know anything about it. Is like London hip hop. Oh, I don't even want to. That's fine. I'm cool with it. <laughs> You have no interest in it. I really, I, that, that's what it is. I just have no fucking interest. <laughs> I don't think you've ever been exposed to it. I mean, and, and neither have I, except for like one song. But what song? I, well, I guess MIA would be kind of oh, yeah. London hip hop in a way. But she, I'm she down. was more. She was more so like I wouldn't say more so, but she was definitely going into like the the electro and the dance stuff. Yeah, that's true. But that's she's true. like hip hop at heart for sure. Man, MIA is awesome. She's awesome. Yeah. All right, let's get back to to NWA straight out of Compton. Oh, actually, real quick, did you you've listened to their second record, right? Or did you listen to it this week? I yes and yes. And I yes listened and to their yes. I listened to their EPs and I listened to the first comp they did. Okay. I listened All to right. a lot of a lot of solo stuff, a lot of side projects. I didn't get a chance to listen to the solo stuff. I wanted to get to everybody's solo like first solo record, but I just I didn't get around to it. But I did listen to the second NWA, and that record's really good too. It's fantastic. It's it's, it's a really it's, good record, man. It's more Shit. well put together than this one. It's produced better. Yeah. It's the more rhymes focused. are better. It's just, dude, this thing hits hard in a way that it just can't be replicated, and it was never replicated after or before. I mean, really honestly, though, talking about the first three songs, not even honestly, the first though, two songs. The the second NWA record is really an MC Ren solo record with Dre, with Dre and DJ Yellow doing the beats. Yeah, that's really all it, all it is. But 
Yeah, this. I mean, yeah. Let's. Okay, let's I, I, I don't even know where to where to start. Where to go? I know you. I know you hate Easy E for whatever reason. I do. I, I think he's terrible. But damn, dude, his his first solo record. His bullshit. his first solo record is is unreal. It's it's a better <laughs> it's a better than uh, Straight Outta Compton. It really uh, is. Uh, like that was that I was Dre and Yella. That was Dre and Yella producing it, and and there's but a lot of the is same just writers. So bad. He's, he's just he's, so he's bad. He's not. He's so bad, dude. I don't dude, know. He has the that, worst no. flow out of out of everybody. Like the worst. That's his style. That's what he does. Worse than Snoop Dogg. Like like Snoop no, Dogg has a no, style no, too. No, no, yes, yes, no, yes, yes. That's silly boy talk. That's silly yes, boy yes, talk. Yes, yes, yes. And you know what I found out about Easy E too? The dude was only five three. Yeah, he's a small kid. I didn't realize he was that small. Damn. No offense to anybody who listens to the pod who's five three, but damn, I just I coming from a guy who 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 is so tough or who was so tough, five three man, good for him, good for yeah. Him. I man, I I I really I really do like respect these guys for what they did for music, for hip hop, for for black youth in America, for God's sakes. But mm-hmm. I don't I don't throw this word around a lot, but talk about kind of like a little a little poser ish. Who is All of them. Every single oh, fucking of them, one yeah. of them. Yeah, Every yeah. single. And Easy, I've always had a lot of respect for because he was the only gangster prior to this. Well, and no, so when, no. When you're rapping, yes, he was. There, MC Ren was MC Ren. No, Ren was, was a crip no. too. Yes, he was. He was, he MC was not a gangster though. He was maybe like MC Ren was the it. one who he was the one who got Easy Easy into the group, into into the Crips. He was MC already Ren doing was stuff one. though. MC Ren was already doing like stuff. He was already he was already like a solo artist. Right, he no, was that doesn't like matter. I'm talking, but, but was, we're talking about no. No. No, 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 no. MC Ren had just as much street cred as well, maybe not. Well, no. okay, no, no, never no, mind, no, no, never no, mind. No. I take it back, Wool. I take it back, dude. It's taking a step back, he didn't have as much street cred, but he was also in the whole gang scene with Easy. But he for a short he, time, a shorter time. Yeah, he, he turned he, he turned away it. from it faster. He uh, way faster. Easy was was fully engulfed. He, good. He did it to make a living. And then that's you know I I don't think Easy was like a, like an Al Capone gangster. I just think he did it to fucking pay the bills. Nothing else to do. Like yeah, he had no other option. I mean, so, as, so as I, much I get as that, yeah, as much as I don't like Easy, the guy was fucking smart. He was yeah. a smart dude. He was a great businessman. Like I reading about the, his whole business relationship with Jerry Hel- Jerry Heller, Jerry right? Heller, Jerry Heller. The business relationship he had with them with him was. I was surprised. I was this this fucking gangster kid from from Compton hooks up with some like old Jew or older Jewish guy. You know, it's just it was it's a, it was a weird team. It was a weird partnership, and creating ruthless records and and really Jerry kind of Jerry gave <laughs> Easy E like more more stake in the whole thing. Like it was like an eighty twenty split something like that right like yeah. with royalties and, and everything like that and i mean apparently because he really believed in it and i mean he knew the business obviously. no because he wanted fucking money and he knew that easy it, it would be easier for him to get 20 percent out of ruthless records than it would be for to get 50 percent out of nwa doing its own like thing so he so like the way i see it I'm, i come from the camp of, of i do think jerry heller finagled money from this from this group i do think he influenced easy to go against kind of his friends and his comrades because 
Like everybody else that was writing more, Dre and, and Cube should have been getting the most royalties out of anybody because Cube Dre wrote most Cube? of the songs. Oh, yeah. And then Dre, and then Dre produced most of the music. Yeah. But yeah. but people say, like, oh, well, they never sued Jerry Heller over like lost income. It's like, yeah, no shit because they signed horrible contracts that they didn't yeah. know what they were doing. Their manager at the time was shitty or probably one of their friends they were paying. They didn't have like proper representation. And instead of. Like, like what uh, what Jerry Heller could have done was like, hey, these contracts are bad. Sorry, we fucked up. Let's rip them up. Let's renegotiate and let's move forward. But like, no, it, that, what happened was everybody fucking left. Everybody hated each other for many years mm-hmm. and nobody really made money except for Easy and Jerry Heller. And so you yeah. look back on it, you know, when Jerry died, what, 10 years ago, whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. So the guy like had that. money. The guy had money. And like Ice Cube didn't make any money from this. And until like two years after the Straight Outta Compton dropped. You're right. And then looking at, at home, how you did a job. And looking at Heller's background too, I mean, the guy managed like some pretty big bands in the 70s. I don't remember them off the top of my head right now, but he managed some pretty damn big bands in the 70s and I think early 80s as well. And then he hit gold with, with this, with Ruthless Records, man. He, he hit fucking gold because I think this record sold like 4 million copies just in the US or something like that. You know, and he got a big <laughs> chunk of that money. So, yeah, I don't. So know. I don't. I don't think. I don't think Jerry Heller did anything wrong legally, but I, I think he was completely at fault morally. Uh, to it, I, I think he. I. I don't think he's. He's one hundred percent innocent. But I feel like. I mean, I don't know all the details and ins and outs of it, but I feel like he was. I think Easy E has as much blame for for the negotiations as as Jerry does. <laughs> You're taking advantage of like inner city black kids who probably don't have the greatest education, who probably are barely like scraping by to survive, who are selling drugs to support their own family, and you come in with these horrible contracts. Like that's but that's taking and that, advantage. And, that, and that's my point. He went to Easy E was a smart guy. Like I already said, like he was a smart business business guy, and Jerry went to him, and not the other guys. Like he didn't like. And Easy had, I feel like Easy exploited the other guys just as much as Jerry did. But Easy was too young to even like know what he's going, like, what's, what's going on. Like he still exploited Easy to exploit his friends. No, oh, that's true. Yeah, no, that's true. Like he took that's advantage true. of, of Easy kind of plight, the fact that he's selling drugs to support him to himself and the amount of kids he already had at the at that time. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he had I mean, a lot of kids. When he died in 1995, he had 11 kids, and one of them was born <laughs> after he died. Fucking nuts, dude! Nuts. Yeah, uh, it's good times. Man, it was for him until good he died times. from HIV. But um, anyway, anyway, anyway. Oh, too. So I, I assume you have no stinkers, right? No, I don't need stinkers. I don't either. I got ten bangers. How many do you have? I think they're so. I only have three, like true beyond bangers, historic things. And I think everything else is a banger or just like really, really good filler because really okay. what, like when I think of this album, I really think of just three songs. I mean, and I think of two that, that, I mean, obviously the two big hits. Well, and express yourself. Like that's, I don't really, I mean, I know the song, but I don't remember it ever being significant. Oh, it's good. Okay. All I right. mean, you know, it is really good, but I, it's not nearly as significant, like not even close to, you know, straight out of Compton and fuck the police. no, that is true, but I think I don't know. I, I think "Express Yourself" is, is funny. I guess we'll get into "Express Yourself." 
That's my yeah, third. That's my three like beyond banger. It's it's the only song on the album that's just Dre, written by Cube, but it's a way more upbeat track for this gangster rap album. And it's not, we shouldn't even call it gangster rap because they didn't call it gangster rap. That was like the media thing. It was reality rap. It was it was just them talking about hey, this actually sucks. Our life is kind of shitty. We do deal drugs. We are around gang culture, and gang culture in the eighties, man. Like we were born in the eighties, so we weren't there. But everything that I've read that we've read about gang culture in the eighties is just bad. Especially Gnarly, in LA. Yeah. it was pretty pretty bad, dude. It's like you know going through like Compton, South Central, Watts. Like in the last like I think the last time I went through there was like maybe 2017, 2018. I went through Watts and and Compton like through the projects and shit. And uh, dude, I was I felt I felt so out of place. Like I felt like dude, I did not belong. It's not that I felt unsafe. It was just like, dude, I, I just, I felt I was uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, no, it's, I, it's, it's, I, I agree. It's, it, it's, you know what? That, that's why I like Kendrick Lamar so much is because he, he's, he's still carrying the torch of these, this gangster rap Compton area era music and then putting into like kind of contemporary terms, mm-hmm. but it's still kind of the same plight and, and God, that guy's really good too. You should go back and listen to some Kendrick mm-hmm. Lamar after this is over we get a new appreciation for what he's doing no i don't think so that's okay you're the only person on earth that <laughs> thinks that that's fine we can file that away into things tyler is completely <laughs> wrong about along with rise against and holla back not being a good song yeah that's not a good song but but express anyway. yourself it's it's again it's funny because it's more upbeat than, than the, the the gangster rap stuff on this album not the oh, only yeah. upbeat song but it's funny because dre doesn't swear right on this on the song and he pretends mm-hmm. to not like smoke weed and I know, right? I, I thought that was kind of weird. Fucking weird. Like this is a, it, it's a deeper song than most on the album conceptually because of kind of like the what he's talking about, but it's just it's hard to get around the fact that maybe these guys are just kind of pop stars and they wanted to be pop stars and while recording this album and writing these songs, they kind of just lost any any cred that they may have had. Because yeah, I feel like this is also kind of like a throwback to his um, was it world class wrecking crew? Wait, what was it? Worldwide wrecking world, crew? World, world, world. That sounds weird. World, 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 world class wrecking crew. Wrecking crew. That's what it is. World. I felt like this song was a throwback to it because yeah, like you said, it it's like it is a poppier track, um, super upbeat. The 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 sample that he uses from the original song Express Yourself where it's just I forgot who does the original like brass do, construction do, 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 do. I don't remember who does do, it do, do, do. but Charles yeah Wright just that Watts one on Third Street rhythm band okay there you go and yeah so just that that loop it's just very seventies pop funk kind of thing and and yeah it's and, and the lyrics aren't they aren't as violent nearly as violent as the other songs because really it's just him talking about like how he's the best in the game nobody can beat you know his beats and this and that like it's more of just it's more of like like old school it's more like golden era hip-hop lyrically than it was gangster rap yeah so it was it was it was a good throwback and then you know honestly the latter half of the record outside of the second to last song which i can't it's the mc ren song but the latter half of the record is very much more in the vein of um Golden era hip hop than it was gangster rap. Most like the of these guys there, came, but yeah, most of these guys came from that electro hip hop sound, and and that was yeah. a very the African Mabata sound. Like that was a very big sound. 
And uh, well, yeah, because um, Dre and Yella were in the Wrecking Crew thing or whatever. Fucking world class, world world class. Wo- That's why it crew. sounds weird because we say world so many times when wo- I say world, <laughs> makes you think that I'm saying world, world, world. Yeah, so they were in that group. And then, have you listened to that CIA group that Ice Cube, Ice was, Cube in? was in? No, no, I haven't either. I've never, I've but. never listened to that one. I've listened to the to the Fila, the Fila crew, the Fila something for Who's the DOC. Oh, Texas. Okay. But the DOC technically isn't a member. He was on a couple songs. It's annoying because he songs. did so much more for this album than like half of these guys did, and he did more for well, this yeah. album than fucking Arabian Prince did. He wrote almost all True. the fucking songs. And I, I think it's silly that, that he did do not, a lot. Yeah. Was he, but he wasn't. Was he inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Mm, the DOC? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Either. I mean, He's, if the Arabian Prince wasn't, then I guess the DOC wasn't either. He's such a part of this group that when 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 Dr. Dre calls out like the Ice Cube and DOC, Snoop Dio, Double G's, when Dr. Dre's calling out yeah. everybody that he helped make famous, he mentions DOC. He doesn't mention Arabian Prince in that fucking riff. Yeah, dude. Why do they hate Arabian Prince so much? I don't get it. Because they, they don't hate him, they just forget about him. Like, oh yeah, he was there. <laughs> I forgot you were there. That, that's that's what's happening. Damn. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> express yourself. Uh, this is my five B, I believe it was. Yeah, I, I do really like this song, like but song. it's not like yeah, it's my number five. Um, just some better better gangster rap songs, you know. You know what I mean? Not me. And this is still like. So, so so Public Enemy only had like an album and then It Takes a Nation that came out like right around this time. So the Kingston Rap was, was still like in its infancy and, and what what separated this album specifically from the contemporaries like Public Enemy was this album's mm-hmm. a lot funkier than anything that the, the East Coast was doing. And It Takes a Nation by Public Enemy, that one is not anywhere on the same fucking realm as being as funky as this one. And that... I attribute that to Dr. Dre. I attribute that to Dre just creating samples from the most like funky parts of, of old soul and disco things and just creating like a new genre. Yeah, because who, who produced the early Public Enemy stuff? It wasn't Chuck D. Well, I forgot his name. Rick Rubin, produ- or executive producer, I guess. It takes a nation. And then Chuck D had, had yeah, but um, it wasn't like production credits. Did but they only had one okay. album before that, and that was, uh, that was Bum Rush... Bum Rush the Show, and I think that was produced okay. by Rick Rubin too. Was it? I, I don't. Are you sure he did that Pretty much sure. Public Enemy? Rick Rubin just—he wanted to do everything. I mean, he did do a lot. And he's done a lot of great things. He—he he just. God, your hatred for Rick Rubin is so silly. Because I just don't think it's authentic. That's why it is authentic. I just don't. I, I think just, it's you just don't like him because he does too much. Yeah, he does. He does, or he does a lot. I don't want to say too much. He just does a lot, I, and that's I, what you don't I, like about him. I do. I, I, and I don't know. I don't know. Like, like listening to the Beastie Boys, listening to License to Ill, but then you listen to like the stuff they were doing right before it, and like that's that's damn near the same thing. So sometimes when I think of Rick Rubin, I think that he just attaches himself to a band, an artist, a genre, a, a, a scene, and then mm-hmm. just makes a fuck ton of money, and then people just associate his name now with like License to Ill, which I think if the Beastie Boys didn't have Rick Rubin there, it would it would have been just as great. I don't think they needed him. He just had possible. He just had money and he had connections, and I think it just made it easier for them to achieve that. But he barely had connections. He was he he was still relatively unknown. He produced fucking 
LL Cool J's first album. Like, dude, yeah, but, come uh, on, get but out of here. He barely still, had connections. That was and still then, in the New York in the gold, scene. In the golden it was age all part of, of the same scene. He had connections. The fuck it was all the same the scene. You can't you can't tell me that fucking Beastie Boys didn't rub shoulder or you know were shoulder to shoulder with fucking uh, LL Cool J. Come on, they were all part of the same That's scene. Silly boy talk. It's he not created, silly boy no, talk. It is silly boy talk. He created it Jeff Jam not. well before like any of these guys released an album. That was oh, at least God. one or two years before any of these albums even came out. But the scene was so small in the 80s. The New yeah, York he scene saw, was so small. As a businessman, I think so he's great. Because everybody he saw, knew. He saw something happening. He's like, oh, I'm going to get in on the front I'm gonna, on the front lines of this. I'm going to put money into this, and then everyone's going to come to me, and I think it'll take off. So, yeah, you know, he did take some risks, and it took off, and he made a bunch of money. I don't Look think at he Slayer. Really did Look what he did with Slayer. Dude, he went from fucking Beastie Boys and LL Cool J Run DMC to Slayer. Like they're all good two, bands all before and after him. They don't need him. None of these bands need him. I think he's just a guy that attaches himself to cool shit. But also, when you look That's at the fine. albums that he that he that he's a part of, compared to the albums that he's not a part of from those same bands, there's a huge difference. And not to say that the other albums are bad. It's just you could tell the difference when he has his little fingers in there. Like they're still really good. It's not like a John Feldman, you know. He didn't, the, the album that we like by LL Cool J, he didn't produce. The, the album Bad, he didn't even produce that one. Wait, which one did he do? He did, he did his first one. The oh, one the that's right. On that's it. like their third record, right? Or his third record? LL, the one that the we one like. The one we have? Yeah, it's like the one his we second like. record. But that's like straight. That's got to be like 86. <laughs> and his first one was like 84, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 85. Okay. Okay. Listen, listen, guy. Okay? Listen, listen. Listen, listen, listen Linda. Linda. I just oh. think that Rick Rubin attaches himself to things that he thinks are going to be great. And that's great. That's fine. He's putting a little bit of money. He's taking a little bit of risk. But I don't think any of these artists need him as much as he needs them. Okay. Uh, I disagree. But that's it. we can move on. We I don't think he's done on. anything historic that would not have been huh. done without him. Uh, okay. The shit right. would happen anyway. Okay. Okay. So. All right. All right. Whoa. It's like it's like having a comet like heading towards Earth and everyone can see it and then someone's like, "Hey, there's a comet! Watch out!" Like, yeah, we already, we already saw that. Yeah, but I said it first. That's Rick Rubin. That's that Rick Rubin's that guy. <laughs> that is so. That's such a. Dumb that's, that's exactly what he does. It's, it's like this is already happening. Hip hop was already wow. happening. That he's was, put himself in front of it. That was something, dude. That was that's, something, dude. That's called business, dude. <laughs> All right. So, do we have anything else to say about this song? What song were we even talking about? Express yourself. Express oh, yourself. Just that one. Okay, gotcha. Nope, we're good. I'm good. Good on this one. So, wait, did you say this was your one B, or no, did, you, no. did we just want to talk about it? Okay, it's my three B. It was important right. to talk about, but no, it's not my. So then, what is your one B? It's fuck the police. Fuck the police. Easy, fucking easy, hands down. I don't know, man. This is my two B. This is That's my stupid. TV. You're being stupid. So we're, I, I, I don't know we're playing the stupid game. What's your one B? Is your one B straight out of Compton? Straight out of Compton. Keep going. No, I'm I'm not going to use that word, dude. Walt. Um, well, he's just crazy motherfucker. Oh, that's true. He doesn't say that N word. You're right. You're right. You're right. And, and, and you, you gotta know. have you gotta have a nickname because it was like straight out of Compton, crazy motherfucker named O'Shea Jackson. <laughs> like it just doesn't it doesn't hit as hard, you know? No, it does not. Well, no, not have, at all. Yeah. Well anyway, we're not talking about straight out of Compton. We're talking about fuck the police. Gotta say it like that too. Fuck the police. Fuck the fuck the fuck the police. Coming straight from the underground. 
anyway, what do you got on this one? Uh, so I, I don't think this is just like I think this is the greatest rap song of all time. I think this is it. This Oof. is this is it. I, I think this people were dancing around like the conscious hip hop and, and, and the golden era of hip hop, but like ultimately it was all stemming from the same place. And we talk about like hip hop, the origins of hip hop being secluded in New York to these little like small clubs and in Brooklyn and stuff. And during like the seventies when Brooklyn was on fire constantly and, and black youth had nowhere to go because they were getting hassled by the man outside. So they're secluded and confined to these small little places. And they created this genre of music that was their own to, to listen to with, with nobody else interference. But it was never quite to, to like us white people. We never mm-hmm. got it until now. Like now, now we get it. It's like, Oh, now I understand. Now I get, now I get it. And, and Chuck D can, can go on for days and, and inspire me to get more involved. And, and you would, and we were only like one at the time. So it's not like I did then, <laughs> but like now, like you will, you'll get more involved. You'll, you'll understand more, but there's no better way to get people to understand like your plight than is to be just outwardly aggressive. And that's, and that's what they did. That's it. Just, I, and I don't even think this is just like the greatest rap song of all time. I think this is one of the greatest punk songs of all time. Oof. Okay. Because you look at, you look at like, and I know people fucking love the Sex Pistols so much because they were so fuck you to everything. And yeah, okay. <laughs> Aesthetically, I get it. They were kind of, you know, playing on the ship for the queen at the time and, mm-hmm. and kind of like, fuck the queen and whatever. I get it, whatever. Uh, blah, don't care. But this is, uh, this is something different because the these kids are black. These this are, is actually, they're already getting hassled. Because this is actually real. The Sex Pistols, they were, they were, a, they weren't a real. They weren't really a band. They were, they were a, a style. They were marketing. That's all they were. They, they didn't, yeah, they came from England, but it wasn't like, uh, they weren't, a, they just weren't real. I don't know. It's just so they, fucking They annoying. were dumb. They were so but even Sex even Henry so Rollins even Henry Rollins complaining about about stuff in the seventies and getting hassled by the police and yeah. getting the shows shut down. It's like, dude, if you're a black, Drinking you wouldn't even have pack. that show. Yeah. It wouldn't. It wouldn't even. It would. That show wouldn't even fucking happen to begin with. No, it's true. So that's true. that's where like this comes into play. Is is now people are listening. The audience is listening. THX baby. The audience is listening. Audience is listening. And I like that. I just. I think that's. I think it's amazing. It is. I. I. I okay. I, I will agree with you that this is. This could be arguably the biggest punk song, even though it's not punk. No guitars. Nobody what can makes play punk the guitar. Punk we always get. <laughs> we go over it all the time. What makes punk punk? Right. I know. I know. I know. Is it a sound? Is it an aesthetic? Is it an attitude? Who it's knows? It's a little bit of it all. It's a little bit of it all. But so. I agree. This is this is one of the most important hip hop songs of all time, if not the most. One thing that I that has always, or that really bothered me this week about uh, N.W.A. is that they are called gangster rap. The whole gangster gangster thing was so glorified at this time, and the guys in the group didn't even they hated that label. Nobody liked that label of gangster rap. They they called it reality rap, you know, which eventually became conscious hip hop in the nineties. But they kind of they kind of led the way into that conscious hip hop revolution that ha- I don't want to say revolution because it wasn't that popular, but the conscious hip hop that came in the '90s, like these guys were the stepping stone into that with the reality rap. But unfortunately, unfortunately, the media 
took it, were racist about it, and turned it into the gangster app and tried to diminize it. Or with deminimize? Is that the way you can say demonize. You can say demonize. Yeah, they tried to demonize it. They tried to get advertising out of it, get eyes on the channels or the radio stations or whatever it may be. And that sucks. That really sucks because that's not what it was about. It what, like you said, it was talking about where they lived, how they grew up, their lifestyle, which isn't good or great by any any by anybody's standards, really. But I don't know. It, it just sucks how they were. They were treated in the media because that's not what they were going for. They wanted to bring light to it, but that's not what people were talking about in the media. So that really, that sucks. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting because just like the more you read about how bad, I think like the MS-13 gang was founded in Los Angeles, like the most notorious gangs on earth was founded Mm -hmm. in Los Angeles in like the seventies. And so going into like the eighties, like it, it was just out of control. So much violence. Like there's yeah. so much violence. There was a truce between game members in like 1990, 1991, or so, early 90s. There was a truce between like all the street gangs. It, it was right before the uh, the 92 riots. So it had to been like 90 or 91. But there was a truce between all the street gangs, and even like the the mayor got involved, and like like city council members got involved in L.A. We're like, do we need a truce? Like gang members, can you please just call it for like a little bit? And that was yeah. stemming from like the late 80s. When there was some drive-by and uh, some like college bystander got killed in the middle of two gangs firing at each other, like it was just it was there was no rules. Yeah, it was and, like the fucking the, wild west. And like the inner city gang violence was always kind of secluded to the inner cities, and like nobody really cared about it because oh they're just killing each other, who cares? But then when it kind of spread out to like the more nicer areas of the the greater South the suburbs, LA really, area, yeah. then it became like a problem. And like the, dude, like to have like the city council members and the mayor. Ask the gang members to like have a truce. Like that's bad. That's yeah, like that's some fucking bad. movie shit. That doesn't. That shouldn't happen in real life. But it, it's just insane that these kinds of gangs even exist. Like when you look at the creation of them, I was reading more about like the creation of the Crips and how that started. And it was it was created by a couple guys by these two guys. I don't remember the names right now, but essentially it wasn't meant to be like this super violent thing. It was just meant to you know protect protect your your area like. Like it wasn't meant to like let's do a bunch of drive-bys. Like if we're gonna if we're gonna fight, we're gonna like brawl. Like it's gonna be like a fist fight. And then the guy who who initially created it, he went to jail for like six months or something like that. Got kind of fucked up in jail because the whole gang situation got out of control on the streets. And it was getting back to the people in jail that oh this guy created the Crips. Like this guy created it. And then when he eventually was released, he saw what was going on, and it's like and he thought he was thinking oh my god this has gotten way out of control. I'm out. Like he stepped out of it. The guy who created the Crips stepped out of it after a couple of years. Cause it got, he's like, I didn't want the guns involved. I didn't want all this other shit involved. And then he eventually got, I think he got killed like in a drive by or something like that. So it, it's it just make, like, it makes sense. Right. If you, if you trace, I don't know, kind of, kind of just marginalized minority groups post like world war two and, yeah. and going into the fifties and then even like the sixties and the civil rights movement and, Nobody's making any money. Like nobody has any fucking money. Everyone's just poverty stricken. But I mean, just like it is today, the rich are still getting richer. And like, what do you do? You're fucking frustrated. You yeah. have to sell drugs just to like pay for your your family's food and, and shelter and stuff. And you're just a forgotten group. Yeah. And that's I, that. Like that's why I think fuck the police comes in. Not necessarily like specifically about police, but it's more of of a commentary on just like American society. It's not like fuck the police. It's like fuck the system. 
Yeah. Fuck authority. Land of the free? Question Land mark. Of the free? <laughs> so I, I, I think "fuck the police" is a, is a song. It's not, you know, it's it's about fucking the police for sure, but it's also just it's a bigger it's, there's a bigger picture there. There's a bigger statement. There, are, there there's a wider statement here, and it's it's a deeper statement. And I mean, even even when you when you break down the lyrics in the song, which I don't think are that deep, but the theme is in the song <laughs> is that the LAPD is on trial and the guys in the group are the ones in the jury, you know, and this and wasn't even the worst of the LEPD. The LEPD yeah. got fucking worse after all they this. They did. Yeah. Look at the fucking Rodney King, all that shit, you know, the um, rampart scandal, the actual yeah. gangsters working for the LEPD. Exactly. Exactly. And they yeah, they, they were, they were calling in literally in this song, they were calling out the corruption in the judicial system. Not, not outright, not like public enemy style or anything like that, but they were calling it out. And, Unfortunately, and and unfortunately, the media took it as cop haters, cop killers, which you know they they were they didn't like cops, but I mean, the media just didn't take the deeper dive into it, you know, the corruption of the system, and that's fucked up. That's and like, up. if you're talking to a friend, if you're talking to a colleague, if you're talking to any person on earth, and they say, oh, "I fucking hate this specific type of person, or this race, or this whatever it is," your next question is, well, "Why?" Yeah. And so like when they're saying fuck the police, like nobody asked why, like every article I read that was dated back to the late eighties, early nineties, like never, never anybody like interviewed them. Like, why do you hate the police? Why did you yeah. do this song? That's true. Yeah. So, like, dude, a simple fucking why could have like explained so much. And these guys just aren't lyricists yet. Ice Cube was good at like telling stories, but it was kind of one dimensional at this point. So they're just mm-hmm. not great lyricists yet. And it's just like, why, why do you hate the police? And that, I feel like that could have, that could have done wonders for this group, for for hip hop, for music, for society. Just like, why? Why do you hate the police? And it's crazy how the media just they tore this group down, like, or they broke this band down so quickly within a few years. Because when when this song came out, this album came out, you know, all the media backlash from it. They couldn't even tour. They couldn't. They couldn't play shows in a lot of areas because cops were refusing to to you know show up or be security or whatever you know they refused to help out these the guys from the band which is like the opposite of being a cop right to protect and serve like so these, so like these I, are was, still... I was i was reading more into into like that because i was like why the fuck who cares then so like like a lot of the venues that they wanted to play you need insurance to play these venues mm-hmm. and then part of the insurance is security and coming with security either you provide you know 40 security officers or here's a number for the local pd and but i'm not going to insure you unless you have x amount of security officers present at these shows and so you know they call local pd and they said no we're not going to fucking go there we're not doing it so they couldn't get insurance therefore they couldn't play these venues yeah so it's like it's like this kind of legit way of of pro i don't know that that's that's fucked up and stupid it is a whole like detroit the the iconic detroit show they did right where they're not supposed to play fuck the police but they played fuck the police and yeah. all mayhem broke loose and and you know i and honestly i do get it from a, a police officer standpoint too because it's like why would you want to put yourself in this position you know why would you want to go to this show where literally everybody wants to attack you because they're not understanding like the the overall message of the song they're just hearing fuck the police and that's I wouldn't it Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's you can't blame the cops, but then it's it's fucked up that they didn't go. But it's just like I don't know, man. 
again, it's such again, a crazy situation. Going on on any kind of daytime talk show and just saying like, why? Why did you do this? Why do you think this way? Can we can we come up with like a middle ground? And that never happened. And it was just like yeah. a he versus them thing, and it just spiraled out of control. And and it's crazy too because because we saw it with like after the 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 George Floyd stuff, yeah, right? right? People were were posting the fuck the police again, and it's like, damn, dude. 1988 this shit came out and it still it still rings true like people are still like rallying behind this song as as an anthem again not strictly to police but like just institutionalized fucking corruption at least now people are uh, they understand that more than they did in 1988 when this came out you know so yeah and again i don't i don't think this is specifically fucking the police i think it's just an institutional thing it's it's the system itself they just cannot they just couldn't articulate it as well no, and I just don't think they really cared that much either. I, I just don't think they cared. <laughs> but God damn, dude! I think they, I think at this point, I mean, they're young too. Like like we talked about, they're you know from ages ranging from eighteen years old to like twenty three years old. I mean, these guys are young, no real experience in. Well, I don't want to say actually, I don't want to say no real experience in the real world because they had way more experience than we did at that age. I mean, but, they have more experience then than we probably ever will. Really, <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. But it's just like when you're at that age, like you don't give a fuck about anything. Like it doesn't matter where you're from. You just don't care. You think you're invincible. Like you don't, a lot of times you don't think about others and what could happen to other people or your community or shit like that. They just didn't give a fuck. So. And that's dude, like just Ice Cube's opening fucking line. Dude, the fuck the police coming straight from the underground. Young homie's got it bad because he's brown. <laughs> it's just, that's straight up. Just there's no. It's pretty there's hard. There's no. There's no way around it. He's yeah. saying the police are fucking racist. <laughs> they just have not. Like, nobody says that. Nobody said that. Except for, like, Ice-T. I mean, Ice-T was talking about that shit. Like, that abrasively. Ice-T was a gangster, too. So I, I give him that. I think, I, I, think Ice-T, that. I think Ice-T was more of a gangster than most of these guys in this group were. I think Ice-T was a more gangster than anybody in this group. I think Easy <laughs> was a gangster by... by just because he had he had nothing else. Just because he was a drug just, dealer. He yeah, I, I, just because he was a drug dealer. That was it. Because you know he's not a gangster because he got strong armed by Suge Knight, right? And well, to, also to, to Suge Knight. Suge Knight's like Suge Knight is like six six and like four hundred pounds. You know, Easy is five three and maybe but if you're pounds. doesn't doesn't matter though. If you're a true gangster, like you you have connections. Like if you're a true gangster, nobody That's fucks true. with you. Like well, did you read, little, yeah. Whatever. Did you read that story where? Um, you know, I think it was right after this record. Yeah, it was right. It was after this record came out, and Ice Cube had left. Dre was kind of on his way out too, and um, and Easy went to Jerry Jerry Heller, and he said, "You know, we got to take Suge Knight out. You know, I he's gonna he's ruining everything. He's he's like the angel of death, essentially. You know, he's the devil. And it's like, and he pretty much told Jerry, like, I'm gonna kill him. Like, he needs to die. And then Jerry." supposedly had to like calm him down and say like no no that can't happen and then eventually yeah suge knight death row records took over so 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 quickly the the biggest gangster in in all of this family tree is suge knight oh yeah he's he's dude he's menacing Uh, up until like today like right now (laughs) right like three years ago he fucking ran over a bunch of dudes because he's pissed off at him over the he's still in jail whatever the fuck it was like the guy that guy's a that yeah. guy's a true gangster. And then he, he went in, the, so the story goes, right? He goes into Ruthless Records with a bunch of his cronies, and he surrounds Eazy-E, and he strong-arms him to release mm-hmm. Dre, to release Michelle, 
and I think that was it. Maybe one more. So they can go sign with Death Row. But like, you that doesn't happen. If you're a true gangster, <laughs> that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. So that, like that it, just means he's a bigger gangster. It's true because, I mean, at that at this point, knowing the threat of Suge Knight and the other gangs and, and things like that, you would think he would have had a bigger posse. Easy would have had a bigger posse. Exactly. You know, and I mean, Suge Knight, mean, he, Suge he had a bigger medicine. one. Yeah, he should have had a bigger one, yeah. Because he did have, I mean, up to that point, he possibly had more street cred than Suge Knight, you know, just because of his celebrity status. Man, and but, Suge Knight just had like ties to fucking LAPD, the whole Rampart division, like yeah. putting like gangbangers in the LAPD. He had ties supposedly to the death of Pac, death of Biggie. Nobody knows if he was involved. Nobody knows what he was doing. Like the guys, he, he was wild. Absolutely wild. Did you see that news headline from today? About Tupac? Today? Yeah, about Tupac. No, is he alive? Did they find him? <laughs> they found him, no. Um, in Vegas, uh, the cops raided a house. in oh, Not in Vegas, but in Henderson, one city over. Uh, they raided a house in connection to Tupac's murder. Oh, damn. Literally today. Yeah, but no, no, yeah, no, no, de- no further details were given, but there was a warrant at this property in Henderson um, regarding a connection to uh, Tupac's, Tupac's death, murder. Damn, yeah. that's, it was today? Oh, I just it was literally that today. Look at that. Yeah. Literally today, this morning. Wow. Yeah. Like all the, all the, all the Vegas or like Nevada news stations were reporting it. I saw, I got like a news alert on like fucking, uh, I don't know, whatever news thing I followed. It was on, like uh, six hours ago. Yeah. Like hours before we started potting. Yeah, I know. Coincidence. What a coincidence. How weird. I wonder this is, if, oh this is Tupac's comeback, man. Tupac faked his own death. This is where he's been this whole time. He's been in Henderson, Nine, Nevada the whole time. Mid nineties. <laughs> Hanging out with uh, Art Bell, you know, the whole time. Uh, that's where he that's where that's where he was he went to like a Tyson show or something or a boxing match and that's where he got killed. Yeah. That's what it was. I think so, yeah. Yep. Damn. Wow. Crazy. Not a big fan of Tupac though. Just saying. He's fine. Better yeah. than Biggie. I, I just I don't that's, I don't care. That's that's not correct. That's wrong. Well, well, well that dude. But uh, but uh, yeah, let's um let's get into some of the lyrics here because I one of my least favorite lyrics in the entire album is is on this song. Okay, and that's MC Ren when he says that he's a sniper with a hell of a scope. He says I'm a Why sniper like with that? a hell of a scope, taking out a cop or two. They can't cope with me. <laughs> bad. This is bad. It's, it's pretty just, bad. It's it's not. There's no flow there. There's no nuance. It's forced. It's silly. And he tries to rhyme cope with scope, but there's still words after cope. So he kind of like tapers off a little bit. And it's just, it's amateur shit, dude. It's, it it's is not good. Yeah. At least if Easy was do it, it would be goofy and it would sound good. I'm really, I really though, MC Ren is the best rap, the best rapper out of all the guys. No, that's Ice Cube is the best rapper. But MC know. Ren is, Ren is, is definitely. Good. But I, Ren is, Ren, has, is, Ren has more. He has more range than Cube does. No, like, not at all. Not at I all. I think Cube, he does. Cube, no, the, no. Ren is is vanilla. Ren is is middle ground. He he can go fast. He can go slow. He has a lot of like cool stuff that he can do, but there's nothing unique about him. Here, uh, okay. Compared to Ice all Cube, right. okay, okay, okay. That's why I, I, that's I really why, do. I think Ice Cube is the best rapper out of the, in this entire group, hands down. He is the best rapper. And the yeah, the most unique he is. He's not the most unique, but he's, he, I would say he's the best. 
No, he is the most unique because he has the most demanding voice. Like the only reason why Easy E is unique is because he's so bad. That's oh, the only so reason good. why. No, he's not. He's it's not. so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so stupid. Love Easy E. No idiot. Did you watch the video for this one? Uh, yes, I it did. Just, it just really shows him being harassed, mostly by cops at gunpoint. I mean, really. I mean, both straight out of Compton and. Uh, fucking yeah. police are pretty much the same videos <laughs> but it's interesting because the there video was like banned the whole time they're everywhere. just walking down the street like both videos are walking down the street with their raiders hats that's it but like why why was why were these videos banned right because it was violence because there's too much gun violence it's like well fucking gi joe cartoon was nothing but gun violence through the 80s yeah like why why was that okay and and it, you know what and the violence was cop on on person on cop on civilian violence too yeah like it wasn't it wasn't like they were going up to cops and like executing them and shit you know it was literally the cops arresting them with guns to their heads which is like come on dude no cop even back then was putting a gun gun to gun to a civilian's head like that well maybe Uh, come on i don't think they were these fucking big ass revolvers to the fucking guy's heads come on so i will say i will say that that Friend of the pod, his his dad worked for, yeah, an old school department. He, he was in the Watts riots. Some of those stories that he was he he told. I mean, just like when I was asking him, it was like, damn, I cannot believe you did that. And even he was kind of like, yeah, I don't know why I did that either. And then going through the police yeah. academy, some of these older, crustier guys that were like clearly fucking old as fuck, who were also for like LAPD. Back in the seventies, and one guy was in the sixties too. Like it was a cop in like the mid sixties. Damn. The way they treated people, I just was like, "How the fuck did you get away with that?" So <laughs> I don't, I don't dis, I don't disbelieve that. Uh, that probably happened more often than not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it was again, it was fucking. There was no rules. There's no no cameras, no yeah. rules. That's the rule. No cameras, was, no rules. Until Rodney King, then there was the camera, dude. That was a camera dude. Oh man. Um, anyway, are we getting too hyper local? I don't know. I guess it's all it's all related to this. It's so. the, it is it is hyper local, but I mean, calling like Los Angeles local is is I mean, come on, one of the most popular cities on earth. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. I mean, Los Angeles got to be just like have top top three most popular cities on earth, right? Yeah. No, you're right. And it, I mean, and and in this instance, we do have like a direct connection, not connection, but relation to somebody who was on the scene there being friend of the pod whoever's dad um who's there on the scene during this during these times did you which ever, is crazy to think about did he ever tell you stories about like what he what he did and what he saw yeah and, i've heard some of the shit that he that happened <laughs> it's just like god damn dude in like, the oh, 70s and 80s yeah didn't I've you feel bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow yeah dude it's pretty gnarly yeah Pretty, just didn't pretty care. Pretty. So yeah, so we got that. Did you, did, did you read about the Detroit incident? It was in the movie too. If you watched the, I didn't watch the movie. I, I just didn't have time to watch it, and and also I didn't want to watch it because I didn't want it to, just kind of sway my views on the on these, on the members. You know what I mean? I mean the movie makes them seem way more gangster than than they actually were. Yeah, and like watching the music videos and reading about them, it's like, dude, these guys, they're just like young punks, dude. That's what they. But are. like. So 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 I will say that that they they're not as gangster as as we 
as we uh, fantasize them to be, I guess, right? There's some weird fantasy. Romanticize would be better. Romanticize, there we go. Yeah. There's some weird thing that we have. Maybe it's just like an American thing, but like we do romanticize a gangster for some reason. Yeah. And, and these guys aren't as aggressively gangster as, as we as I thought that they were even up until this week. Um, but we, you know, they're still like black youth and fucking Compton in the 80s. Like that's, that's, that's still way worse than the majority of other Americans had it. Yeah, so you're right. there is something to be said about that. Yeah, they're not gangsters, but they're pretty much like they were essentially nobodies. Like they got mm-hmm. treated like shit. They got forgotten about. And had it not been for this record, like who knows where they'd fucking be? They're all in hip hop groups beforehand that were just not very good. But anyway, the Detroit incident. The Detroit incident was it stemmed from the FBI letter. Did you read the FBI letter? I didn't read the letter, but I know about it and now how blown out of proportion that was. Because the FBI letter was just written by by like the assistant director or something like that by just yeah. one guy that didn't represent the entirety of the FBI, but the media took it and ran with it and said, "Oh my God, the FBI are right." Are you? It's just they blew it up into something way bigger than it actually was. Yeah, that, so that was annoying. The the letter wasn't even bad. It wasn't even like attacking NWA. It was just saying like, "Hey, you have a song that is about this. We take it seriously because the men in law enforcement, men and women in law enforcement, they put their lives on the line, yada, yada, yada. They mm-hmm. never said, don't play the song. They never said, change the song. They just said, like, kind of like, we hope you know. And they say they, it's just one guy. He just kind of said, like, I hope you understand that promoting violence in any way is not what we're about and I, it's not what you're about. But then, yeah, the media blew it up. But so, yeah. But stemming from that letter, they were banned from playing Fuck the Police. Again, going back to the insurance thing. Cops wouldn't show up to the venues, therefore they couldn't get insurance, therefore they couldn't play the venues. And so the Detroit one, legend has it, um, that they, they were sitting there and the crowd started saying, like, fuck the police, fuck the police. And supposedly, people, like eyewitnesses, saw police officers lighting cherry bombs or firecrackers that sounded like oh, gunshots shit. to make the crowd go crazy, and that's what shut down the show. And in the movie, it, it's straight gunshots, right? Like, it, there's a fucking gunshots in the movie. Yeah, and then you see all the, like all the guys from NWA, you know, Ice Cube and everybody. They're they're bailing from police and running away, but in reality, they all just kind of went out the back door and then realized like nothing's going on. They went back to the dressing rooms. It wasn't that big of a deal, mm-hmm. but like the big takeaway is supposedly the cops were lighting off cherry bombs to break up the show after they sang "Fuck the Police." <laughs> I mean, uh, that hey, that's doesn't cool, surprise dude. me. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, but damn, dude, see that's why I didn't want to watch the movie because I didn't want to get. I don't want to have a bias or get swayed by it, you know, because everything is so it's dramatized, you know, and, yeah. and that's I mean, it. it's it's annoying. It's, it's a movie. Fine. I know it's annoying. And I didn't want that. I didn't want that because these guys were just you. young punks, young kids. I'll tell you, man, if, if, if that if that story is true, like that's dude, that's more punk, too, than like most of the punk artists that we grew up listening to. They're like, oh, we're that so they punk. Just, they just walked off and went back into their dressing room. Yeah. But yeah. like the fact that police are sabotaging your show. Yeah, that's true. Instead of busting it up and beating the shit out of people like at the old hey, hardcore shows in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy too, dude. Like we've talked about it on the pod, like back in the, the early eighties and all those hardcore shows in LA and Long Beach and shit. Dude, the cops would just come in come in and just beat the shit out of the, the people that were there for no reason. Well just that's beat the, the diff- shit out that, of them. that's the difference too between like like white kids and black kids, dude, is because white kids it's okay to wrestle with the police and it's fun to talk about it now. But you imagine like like a black punk band from like the the seventies wrestling with cop, they'd be dead. That's true. No, you're right. You'd be they they wouldn't be here to talk about it. No, you're right. You're right. 
Tiny man, fuck the police. Maybe the best punk song of all time. <laughs> Very Mel B. Maybe not the best. Maybe the most important. One of the most important. What about Cop Killer from Body Count? Body no, Count. I didn't know he Body fucking does. Oh, there's a song on here too. When it's, what's it called? The fucking fucking fucking, fucking Cops in fucking. the house. Anytime I ever hear, anytime I ever hear anybody say in the house, like someone's in the house, all I think is body body count in the house. <laughs> So the opening so line of Compton's in the house, someone says like, oh, Compton's in the house. And then I thought of Body Count. <laughs> Such a dumb song. Oh, it sounds so good, though. It's so dumb. Body Count. Body Count. Yeah. So fuck the police. That's all I got on that one. <laughs> all right. Let's get into uh, Straight Outta Compton. Straight Outta Compton. What do you got on this one? Because I assume Have this is your 2B, right? Or to kill 3B? Minority. Or 2B. Yeah. I also like too, like fuck the police, man. He just straight says like they have the authority to kill a minority. Like that's so aggressively. Bad. That is. There, there's no, there's no way around it. There's, there's no. It's, it's completely transparent. Yeah, you're right. It's on the nose. That's good. Yeah, straight out of Compton is my two B, but it's, it's so close, and it's only, it's only my two B because, fuck the police has become like this, this institution and in, in just music and, and youthful angst. It is, oh. but dude, what a way to open up the record too! Like you, you get that little intro with Dre. He says you are now about to witness the strength of street strength knowledge. Strength of street knowledge. Then ticket, ticket, top, ticket, ticket. Straight out of Compton. It just it, it hits so fucking hard. And then you get the, the between the verses, you, like you get the little interludes with like Easy, kind of like hyping up like the next verse. Yo, Ren, tell him where you're from. Easy's his name. The boy is coming. Straight out of Compton. He's a brother that'll smother your mother and make your sister think I love her. Favorite line of the whole fucking album right there. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so... It, dude, it's so... Uh, what do you call it when you hate women? It's you, womanizing? Misog- m- misogynistic? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Misogynistic. It's so misogynistic. Yeah. It's so fucking 80s and 90s. It's so gross. But it's funny. <laughs> it's I laugh. Ass. I laugh. It make your sister think I love her. God, dude. It's dude, like- easy, easy E, man. We, we, I mentioned it <laughs> earlier in the pod, in this episode, but he's always telling bitches to shut the fuck up. Like, all the time. Like, almost any song that he has, like, a verse on, he tells, he tells a bitch to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so... It's so over the top and it's so fucking rude. In that, in that same, in that same, his same thing here, he says, you think I give a damn about a bitch? I ain't a sucker. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wrote that in my notes too. It's like, like the worst. It's the why worst, you, man. What, like why? For what reason? Well, but no, okay. he, he, he's, well, I mean the, the two, it's the two lines. It's, so what about the bitch who got shot? Fucker. Fucker. You think I, you think I give a damn about a bitch? I ain't a sucker. Like, dude, that's just—it's so. This is an dumb. autobiography of the E. See? Yeah, that's it's good. it's bad, dude. It's so bad. It's so dumb. <laughs> oh man, that's good. It makes you just think I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. No, straight up Compton, it, it, it drops right in. I mean, we're talking. This is if this is their debut album. This is the first we hear of them. This is the first most people will hear of them. And then now they're 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 dropping the N word. Like we're hearing them drop the N word in the most aggressive way possible, and it sounds, it sounds antagonistic. It does, yeah. But it's not. It's not like an antagonistic thing. This is again reality rap. This is a glimpse into the life of another person. In I mean, the they, same way. The profanity, everything here. I mean, it starts off right off the bat. The second line, he's saying "motherfucker." 
the third line he's dropping the n-word you know it's just the fourth line he's talking about you know fourth and fifth line he's talking about killing somebody with a with a gun the shotgun just like dude like right off the bat the first five lines are just whoa like nobody had heard something like this up to this point even i think cop killer predates the song but even cop killer wasn't this wasn't this intense wasn't this graphic i guess from from body count yeah no that was but no body counts first album was after this was it after this yeah I don't we did on the pod. That's fine. Then you forgot. No, we what didn't. Oh, we did do that. Yeah, we did do that. Body counts yeah. in the house. Yeah. We didn't rank the, the albums, though, because there's a yeah. lot. There were too many. That's Oh, yeah. yeah. That was at least like 93. No, it was earlier than 93. 94, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. It doesn't Who matter. Who knows? I don't know. Anyway, 0 oh and 2. Um, I don't know. But yeah, straight out of Compton, great opener, great. I don't even, It's not a great, like thesis statement for the rest of the record because like i mentioned earlier the latter half of the record kind of drops a lot of the gangster rap and it becomes more of like a like a golden era hip-hop style but it's 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 more like specific to like the electro hip-hop sound yeah because i would say even like gangster gangster is the first song that starts to go down straight out of common and fuck the police if you took those two songs out of this this album would be it would be nearly as hard. We think it is. Yeah. So right. I think I think after I think starting with Gangsta Gangsta, the album takes a takes a dip. It's just in tone, not not quality, just in tone. Agreed. Agreed. Because the you know the beats and production are there. The entire album, entire fucking album. Um, but yeah, I mean lyrically, what do you have on this one? This is it's a hype song. It's about being a badass, and I don't know. It also kind of bleeds into the the realm of surviving the streets again a glimpse into my life here's where i'm from here's how i survive and here's what i deal with on a daily basis yeah yeah that's what i get too i I mean really almost all the songs are the same lyrically it's about you know talking about hyping yourself up talking about how tough you are or whoever is rapping however however tough they are um growing up or being in the in you know in the hood and Compton and the scene whatever and how dangerous it is but you know don't fuck with me because I'll fuck you up you know I'm the best in the game I'm the best you know it's just like it gets a little exhausting like four songs in like come on dude come on guys it's on. It, it's it's true it's, it's, it's just a lot of and, and it's so many words it's and it's like words. like every four lines it's like dude you're just repeating yourself <laughs> you know it's just it's just it's too much it's it's too much of the same thing. So is, that's um, where I fault this record. It's it's interesting because since Easy E apparently didn't write any of the lyrics on this album, yeah, that means somebody's writing lyrics for Easy, and I think it's the DOC in this one specifically, and a lot of the, the a lot of the one a lot of the songs. But that means the DOC is not only writing like a cool a cool like lyric for Easy, but he's also writing it for Easy, so he's getting into Easy's head. He knows, like, mm-hmm. how would he write this song? That's incredible songwriting. You're writing a song that's so good that everybody thinks that that person wrote the song because that's exactly how they would write the song if they could write songs. <laughs> or, that's D- or, or, or or DOC just made the Easy E character, you know, from the musical standpoint. But judging by the 11 kids, judging by the drug dealing, judging by <laughs> everything else that Easy did. Okay. That, that's, that's easy. That's fair. 
That's easy. But then it's dude. like you're right. It is. He's kind of like which came first, the chicken or the egg, right? I don't know. Yeah, because we don't know really how how easy would have actually written songs. We just don't know. He didn't write them. He didn't write them. And the songs that he did write, he probably based it off of what other people wrote for him. So, not on this record, but after this record. Did you listen to any of the, uh, so there's a lot of remixes, not a lot, there's three remixes on the album. Did you listen to the original versions of them or no? No, I did not. Yeah, not a lot of difference. Some of them are different, uh, mostly in tone. So 8-Ball was the first remix, and then there's two other ones after that, but... um, but like the biggest difference between the remixes and the original ones, and the original ones were on the compilation album that came out before this, right? Because it was like all of these guys, they had side project bands before they were all kind of in NWA. What was like it like the, NWA and the Posse or something like that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so like three of the song, three or four of the songs were NWA. One was just like an Easy E song. One was like the the Funky Fresh Crew that the DOC was in, the Feel of Fresh Crew. One was... What was Dre's that fucking band's name? The Wrecking Crew. The oh yeah, World Class Wrecking Crew. World, dude. Why can I not remember that? Fuck. World, world, world class. It, it's, it's, a, it's the second. It's the class. It's the class I don't remember. World Class Wrecking Crew. Because it's a yeah. dumb name. It sounds like a like it's a terrible. I don't know. It's stupid. It's dumb. Anyway, it's all about tone. Tone's the difference. The the original ones were more in line of like the electro hip hop sound, and these ones are more in line of like the gangster rap sound. So that was the the biggest difference between the remixes. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That and makes then Easy sense. Does It. I didn't know until this week that Easy, not Easy Does It, but Boys in the Hood predated this. What really? This album. Yeah. No way. Yeah. That song Boys sucks in the Hood. <sighs> it does. It does. It Dude, sucks. You just love the Dynamite Hack version, so you you think well, you need to like the Easy E version. That's the greatest. Dude. That's the greatest cover song of all time. It is that's, the greatest cover song. Yes, that's a fact. Yes, but dude, the Boys in the Hood song is fucking great. It's not. It's it not, is. dude. It's not. It's not. Okay. It's not. Okay. That's that's wrong. But okay, dude, you've been yeah, so dude. That that song that song predates uh, predates this by like what like a year maybe something not, like if that. that even yeah that's what yeah, that was I, 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 no Ice Cube. I don't think okay. Easy wrote anything on his first album. I think that was all everybody else. I don't think he was wrote it mostly until like his, Ren and Dre. No, it was it was I well because they were all still friends at this time. They didn't hate each other yet, so it was it was everybody. It was MC Ren. It was Dre. It was Ice Cube because Ice Cube wrote Boys in the Hood, right by himself, and then Dre yeah. wrote Easy Does It. Oh, and Ren because maybe it was just Dre. I don't know. I don't think Dre had any sort of soul writing credit on this record or ever. On this one, yeah, or in uh, Straight Outta Compton. Straight out of Compton, yeah. I don't think he had any. He didn't have any no. soul writing credit. I don't think he. I don't think he wrote anything on this album. I don't think so either. Yeah. I think it was all production, and then and then DOC and, and Ren wrote stuff for him. I think he might. He might have done some of the lyrics, but I don't think he actually wrote the song. I don't. I'm looking at the. I, I, don't, I don't know. According to the wiki, he didn't write anything. No lyrics were hmm. written by Dre. Really? Wow. Well, that's fine. Whatever. It doesn't matter. He's he's so good. It doesn't fucking matter. I don't think he's a great rapper, though. I, I at least here, I think he got better. I think he perfected his rapping on two thousand one, but I think but, because he was so good at producing, like he made his kind of like shitty rapping great on the Chronic. But he's like, but, but he's like Snoop, where it's like, yeah, they're not the greatest rappers, but they have they have that unique sound. They have a unique style. Dre's got no unique sound to him, dude. When you hear when Dre. you hear Dre, you're like, dude, okay, this is Dre. 
Nah. Every, you know, oh, get out of here, nah. man. Dre has a unique sound. Nah. It's 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 more subtle than Snoop and and Easy E and shit like that, but it's there. Eh. It's eh. unique. It's unique. I, I I think I think just because you've listened to it a lot, you you know what he sounds like. But given the give give him's rapping to to someone who's never really listened to hip hop, I don't think they'd be able to tell. Eh, that's, but eh. you, you could say that about like any rock band too. You're like, well, it, you know, if you've sure. never heard if you never heard punk music, you're not going to be able to tell the difference between, you know, the Ramones and I don't know the Strokes or something. Who knows? I don't know what I'm talking about. But you you could have said you could have said like, could you tell the difference between Henry Rollins and Jello Biafra? Like, of course. Could you tell yeah, the difference to, to someone who's never listened to punk? Could, do you think they could differentiate the vocals between Henry Rollins and Jello Biafra? Of course they could. Only because Jello is so outrageously different. Okay, but that's like so the like, only example you can give. So you you give you give somebody hip hop music. Example say, could you? you well, hold on there, dude. You well, give somebody hip hop music and you say, "Can you tell the difference between between Dr. Dre and Easy?" Of course, any day, everybody can do that. Now you give that say, that same person who's never listened to hip hop. Can you can you tell the difference between MC Ren and Dr. Dre? Maybe not. Maybe, Maybe not. But you're also That's making this, this hypothetical situation where somebody's never heard of hip hop. When most people between the ages of three years old and probably fifty years old have heard hip hop. I'll tell you what. I will give friend of the pod Sloan. Um, I'll, I'll isolate some verses for him and well, see if he can that, tell the difference. That is a terrible example because Sloan he's he's in your age anything. group. He's in your but, age group. <laughs> But Sloan isn't, he's not, he's not normal. I'm just, just okay. saying it. Just saying he's not, okay. he's not a good, it's not good. No. No, I, I agree. I do not think he's good. <laughs> I just like, I also don't think that Dre is unique in any way. I think what makes Dre unique is the production. Uh, anyway, what, we're, we're so off track here. Holy shit. Just because um, there's not there's not a lot here. Like, there's it's there really, really not. Isn't. It's it's a it's a time and place thing. It's a uh, you know it's a historic album that that paved the way for so many other things that that did a number for the hip hop community. Yeah, but you know there's not like there's not a lot of meat. There isn't. There really is not. And that was. Are we wrapping it up? We can wrap it up. I think because we're like we're like up. an hour. We're like almost an hour and a half in. So okay, we should probably wrap it up. Yeah. So let's. I mean, there are other songs to talk about, but I mean, really, it's it's all kind of the same. It is kind of the same. Anything. It's not as significant. It's not as controversial. Not as important to music history, I guess you could say. Um. So yeah, let, let let's wrap it up, and because we're just kind of repeating ourselves now. Yeah. Let's let's let, yeah. You're right. I, I, okay. So this is a landmark album. That's what that's what we're calling it. That's what people call it. That's what. Critics call it. It's a landmark album. It, it, it represents a place in time, but it also represents like a beginning of something better and uh, kind of an end to something before it, like the golden era of hip hop, which I know you love so much. Love that like shit. That was, it's all that the was, same, dude. It, it was kind of on its way out anyway, but this was this was the death sentence. This was it. It was done. After yeah. this, it was done. Fucking it, was no like, it was like grunge to hair metal, you know? Yeah, it's like exactly. what grunge was to hair metal. If you That's were if you were still doing it, then it was just because you're 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 trying to just make some extra money playing small venues. That's it. Mm-hmm. So this is a landmark album. It came out at a time of just like the LA scene in the eighties was just awful <clears throat> and it only got worse going into the nineties. And so this is uh I don't know. 
time and place. You know what I mean? These guys did something that that most most bands would dream of doing. Like Black Flag never did anything like this. The Punkers never did anything like this. This is crazy. This is is crazy. Culturally, culturally, yeah, they didn't do anything as significant. But lyrically, some of those hardcore punk bands had more to say, had better lyrics, better messages than a lot of what was said on this record. But, but the biggest because not a lot be- was said on this record. That's, that's no, the thing. No, too. but like the, the biggest thing that was said is the most important thing and the most. That's true. Yeah, aggressive right. thing that that anybody has, has said in the music until this point. Like what other, besides like the Beatles, like being the Beatles or Elvis shaking his hips. Like what other thing in music has ever been so revolutionary? So so like holy that's, fuck, shocking the world. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's kind of up there. You, oh, no, this is definitely up there, absolutely. But I mean, you could even argue Hendrix was too. Hendrix really eh. shook up the world. I mean, the music world, he really did. Not, not, not in not any way the, compared to like Beatles, Elvis. Yeah, NWA. that's true. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Like NWA, just, yeah, they really ushered in something different. And, something, then, and like the yeah. difference between, I don't, I'm not a big fan of that era of the Beatles, but. Like that was a that was a band that knew how to like do shit, and they were good songwriters, and they, you know, they they were progressing things. And Elvis, yeah, he pretty shit at everything. Yeah. <laughs> but like, these guys just they're not really good songwriters. They weren't good songwriters here. And even like my favorite guy, Easy E, didn't write anything on this. And I think Ice Cube was a commanding voice, but that's about it. His his songwriting wasn't that great. It was just kind of one dimensional. But that, but that one thing that shtick, their shtick here was, it was unmatched. It was unmatched. It was, yeah. So, I guess my uh, my 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 rating here is it's hard to not give this a three because of how iconic it is. But I don't. I like this less this week. I really did. Yeah, I felt. And the I have same it. Way. I I have it on the vinyls, and and I listened to it twice, and I liked it. But it really tapers off fast. And as far as like the gangster rap era, this is not even. This is not even like my favorite through and through. Conceptually, it's my favorite, but I think like as a concept, this is a three. This is a three out of three, no matter what. This is like one of the greatest albums of all time, but like really, this is like a this is a two point five. Okay, it's kind of it's kind of like a two point five, kind of like a two point five. You know what I mean? Like it like it look it looks like a three, but it drives like a two point five. <laughs> Okay, so that's, that's how I'm gonna do it. That's so stupid, <laughs> and it makes sense. And that's the most annoying part is that it makes sense. It does. Um, so anybody listening who doesn't know about our our three point rating system, um, three is a perfect album. Two is a good album. You're gonna going to continue to listen to. One is a bad album. Give it a shot. And zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. And you give it a two point five. Wow. Oh. It, it 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 looked like a three, but it drove like a two point five. Okay, there we go, there we go. So I I think culturally, uh, in in the music industry, this is one of the most important records to come out across all genres of music. This is definitely up there. What it ushered in into the nineties that bled into the two thousands. You know, I mean, really, that's that's how significant it was. It lasted really two decades. Um, it's impact, uh, you know, lyrically, it's a little weak, which was disappointing, obviously, like we talked about um, production wise. It's fantastic. It's fucking great. But then you hear the chronic. Then you hear 2001. 
then you hear doggy style like you hear you hear you know the the m&m records you're like fuck dude like those are amazing sounding records but this is still great it's just not as good as those so it's like it's fantastic dre is the mvp of this record hands down um not because of his rapping but because of his production and beats and shit uh yeah i just there was i was disappointed like you i have this on vinyl too um, I like this album a little bit less now this week after d- taking a deeper dive into it. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to give this a 2.75. I'm going to give this a little higher rating than you. It's a little aggregate of, of my two scores. I get, I get it <laughs> right in the middle. Again, right, right in the middle, middle baby, right in the middle. Got to ride that fence. Got to ride that fence. Consistency. <laughs> At least I didn't give it a That's perfect good. three. Cause it's not a perfect three. Um, it's really not. No, it's not. It is really good though, and 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 it it just it meant so. It just it's so important for the industry for the for music history. Not industry. That's a bad way of putting it. But history, music history. It's very very important. So um, I don't know. That's all I got for this one. You got anything else? Uh, that's it. That's all. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, and uh, thank you all for listening. And that's it. I'm repeating myself. That's it. Ooh. Ooh. That's all. Ruby Brits. Timberly up.